0: Welcome to Publishing Gribble, the podcast that breaks the rules and helps you kickstart your career as a successful nonfiction author and entrepreneur. I'm your host, Melina Benson. Can you make a living as a full-time nonfiction author? Mark Reclau is the author of 13 books, including the international bestsellers, 30 Days, Change Your Habits, Change Your Life. Love Yourself First and How to Become a People Magnet. His books has reached more than 1 million readers and have been translated into more than 20 languages, including Spanish, German, Japanese, Thai, Indonesian, Chinese, Portuguese, Russian, and Korean. He wrote his first book 30 days in 2014 after being fired from his job and literally went from jobless to bestseller, which is the title of his second book. Mark's mission is to empower people to create the life they want and to give them the resources and tools to make that happen. He writes about habits, productivity, and happiness. This is going to be great. His message is simple. Many people want to change things in their life, but few are willing to do the simple set of exercises constantly over a period of time. You can plan and create success and happiness in your life by installing habits that support you on your way to your goals. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Marlene. I'm so delighted finally, after we met in London and I was sitting yeah. next to not even knowing what a celebrity I was sitting next to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, the, most unknown, the most unknown celebrity in the world. <laughs> <laughs> or me just being blind. I don't know. I had even seen you no, no, in, in before there. But it, that, so. that's the, <laughs> it is advantage of the self-published author. Nobody know, knew us and you know, just we know us within the group, but you saw it in In London, there were people that sold 10 million books that probably not many people know because they're self-published. If they would be with a publisher, they would be celebrities. But I can tell you, I like it like that.
0: (laughs) There are definitely two kinds of categories. Those who are successful because they manage to become celebrities. And those who have a more analytical approach. And actually, that's one of the things that I'm going to ask a little bit about later. Because I know you're very data-driven in your approach. So, Mark what are the components that you consider the most responsible for your personal success?
1: Ooh, for my personal success, well, resilience is number one. So because for a long time, I wasn't successful. So you said it, I was writing in 2014, I started in writing in two fourteen, And success came in 2018 to nineteen. real, like, what I can, but success has different definitions. But Success is like living well from my books. So, before from 2014 to 2018, I was getting by. Actually, I was, I was thinking I'm living from my books, but actually, I was burning $30,000 of savings away. But I just was in denial. I didn't want to see it. And, so, and then, the, with, the, with the raise of Amazon ads, everything shifted and I could multiply myself by 20. But exactly. So, first, resilience, because you will not everything will go. As planned, although you need a plan, uh, and then how do you come back from the from the setbacks? Right, that's one thing. Patience, where also like, so for example, when I looked the first time at my success with ads, so I went from a thousand dollars to making twenty thousand dollars a month with ads, and that sounds great, but when I was counting the months, it took me seventeen months to go from a thousand. So that's time. Who? And I would, and uh, there I always ask, who of you who are listening or are, would do th- seventeen months the same th- uh, thing every day, without seeing the where it goes, just believing. So that's another thing, you know. So that the big, it was not one big uh, leap; it was steady, boom, 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 boom. And for sixteen months, it was like. I was going from one thousand to three thousand, and I was stuck there a while. And then, bam! In I think November two thousand nineteen, it went to eight thousand, and then twelve and twenty. Then it went quick, but it was I think it was like the seventeen month of persistence that led to the explosions. Let's say, and it's a little bit like bamboo. You know, they say bamboo grows five years. Below the earth, and then suddenly, bam, it spreads, you know. So, and with success, it's pretty much the same. So, this is one thing. Uh, another thing for my success is surely I'm not a perfectionist. I have the gift of not being a perfectionist. So, usually, when I write a book, I read it once or twice and then it goes to the editor because I know I could now read it half a year more and find mistakes, but it doesn't make sense. The book has to be published. So after reading it two times, running it through Grammarly, it goes to the editor, and then when it comes back, I can publish. So that's another thing. So not this rewriting or so. I do very seldomly, and it worked. I mean, I've written 13 books, and yeah, it worked. And then, yeah, so... I
0: think think maybe the common denominator here is uh, the willingness to accept and uh, uh, that you need to experiment and you need to get stuff out there and see how it works and learn from that and to try
1: again. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so exactly. Resilience, this learning, you will fail, also fail fast. Let's say like this, fail fast. So you can learn from your mistakes and, and improve experimenting, as you said, exactly. So, yeah. Um, I didn't talk, now I'm, I didn't talk about my writing craft or whatever. That's very funny because I think I, I only talk about resilience, patience and, and experiment. And, but for me, that's when I look at it, that was it. All the rest came from that. Because if I wasn't resilient, nothing, I would never have known the result of my experiments. Right. So, yeah. And then I think writing craft, of course, uh, it's important, but I also think you get, Better if you write every day, you will be- become a better writer.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's also the gift of when you are a full time writer, you can you can you will practice that more. And thirteen books—that's quite a lot. So we're going to talk more about that. <laughs> but first, I want to ask you that if someone wants to make a living from book royalties primarily, uh, because that's what I understand you do, right? And and quite often. We hear that you cannot make books, uh, money on books alone. You need some kind of a back-end income. I hear myself preaching that all the time. But when I met you, I realized, oh my goodness, maybe you can.
1: <laughs> I wish. Uh, so, you know, so what, me-
0: what, is, what would be the best strategy if someone wanted to
1: do that? Yeah, I wish. You know, I mean, I'm a self-help person. I'm a coach, consultant. I wish I could m- make money on the back uh, of the room because it would be a lot more easier because I mean I make money of a product that has a three three euro margin right so the story is I tried it all I tried the online courses I tried the speaking I tried the life coaching of course the coaching consultant and nothing was sustainable nothing gave me enough money to live on it and I, even when I had only one book in two languages thirty days that book gave me always like a thousand two thousand five hundred euros a month so once again when things were going downhill i was standing before, before that question like, what do i do do i have to look for a job because it can't go on like this right and I, and the savings were getting to an end and then i applied the 80 20 rule on my business and I said, okay where which are the 20 percent of my products that bring 80 percent of my income and those were books and then I decided to say, okay, then I have to concentrate 80% of my time on books. And I left everything uh, apart. And then I, I, this was, it took me like a month to figure that out for myself because I was also, I was like, uh, no, it was always my dream, earn your money with your books. But you, you know, then your inner voice says, no, it's not possible. Blah, 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 blah. And, but then I said, no, okay, let's let's risk it, let's experiment. And then I had to study people who sell many books. And then I looked at the usual suspects, Mark Dawson. Uh, in the nonfiction, it was Steve Scott, who sold, who made a lot of money. So you know already, okay, it's possible. But it seems so far away, you know, because I made a thousand. Steve Scott made 20,000 a month. And then I bought his course and I found out, yeah, but he's also investing heavily in ads. So he invests five or ten thousand in ads to make twenty thousand and I said, okay, so then it's not then I just have to learn how to spend ten thousand dollars on ads to make twenty thousand That seemed a little bit more achievable
0: Oh, oh let's, and let's, then, let's, let's, let's just make sure that this heard that. Then. then I had to learn to trust to spend on ads. <laughs> and yeah. I also noticed that earlier on you say I make such so and so much from ads. Can you yeah. say a bit more about that? we most people think that's a spend; it's a
1: cost. <laughs> oh no, no, no! Yeah, exactly. That's like I—I I think that's one of the mindset shifts you have to do, because most authors, oh uh, no, you know, they're like, oh no, I don't. It's it's a spend, yeah. Or you know, Amazon already takes thirty percent of our hi- r- royalties, and now they make us pay for. For ads, oh, they are so bad. But for me, it was like I looked at it when I started very small with five dollars a day or so, and I found out pretty quickly that every dollar I get two or three dollars back, and then it's not a matter anymore on on saying, because then I know if I spend ten thousand, I get twenty or thirty thousand back. So from that moment on, the only mission became how can I spend more money, and that that was what I did in the seventeen. 17- Month And what I'm doing since then, I started with ads in 2018. And since 2019, I'm living very well. And then another thing that came up, I studied, when I studied the people um, who make a lot of money with their books, and then I found things they have in common. They have at least 20 books. So I think when you have six books, the fun starts because then ads also become... How do you say profitable? Because one book sells the other. It's just the way like it is, you know, if you have six books or four books, somebody who buys one book, I would say like every third person that buys one book of you will buy probably all of your books. And then every yeah, every fifth person will buy two books of you. And like this, you're you're accumulating. So I found out they have at least 20 books. I mean You've seen in London, some people have 60 and 100 books. I think Greg Martel, who does the 20 books to 50K, has 140 books written and co-written. It's, then it's like logical. So for, on the other hand, for us as self-help is a little bit more or nonfiction. For me in self-help, it's a little bit difficult to write 140 books because I've written 13 and I think like, okay, I've touched like every subject. Now, what do I do next? So then there are translations. So I've translated all my books. All my books are in English and Spanish. So that's already 26 books. Now I've started to translate into France, French. So many books, 20 books. And then they all let in come. They invest in advertising. And they do this, you know, a lot of 99 cents promos. And that's another thing. When you have one book or two books, the 99 cent promotion hurts. Because you get only 30 cents per book instead of three euros per ebook. But if you have 20 books, it doesn't matter. You can always have two books on 99 cents. And then is another mindset shift. They don't say, uh, oh, this book now is for 30 cents. I'm losing money. They say, I gain readers. And then normally you know which value has every reader to you. So let's say every reader has a value of $10 to you. Then I could gift I could even gift 2,000 books because I know it's. I'm not losing 2,000 or 6,000 euros. I'm actually making 20,000 from today in a couple of years because every one of these readers will, or some of them will bought as I said before, they will buy more and more books from me. They will be on my e list.
0: Can you explain a little bit more how... The having multiple books, I, I get, I get what you're saying, but having multiple books, what is it that you practically do for them to buy more than one, and and do you get any data so that you know, uh, do can you capture any of that data or how does this? Work? I don't,
1: but I, people have it, and if you want it, if you do it, you can do it, but I you know, we as, um, nonfiction, basically personal development or whatever authors we have. Disadvantages is we have as many readers as the fiction, but we have advantages. For example, my book sales 75% are paperback books. It's amazing. That already gives you a lot more money like one paperback. You earn as much as with three ebooks, right? In royalties. Then, of course, you try to get the people on your email list. Not everybody will sign up, but there must be something in the book, in the front matter, in the back matter, to get them on your email list. And then you can keep nourishing them you put them in a so i have an autoresponder when you have uh, when you sign up for my email list you get some coaching worksheets and then i have already 14 programmed mail that go over two months so i'm communicating with you for two months already and let's see so that you know a little bit more about me of that's automatic but i also answer every email i get so i really try to build a relationship or at least you know I always think, I mean, most of the mails is really like just me saying thank you to them because they're writing something nice. And I thank you for your kind words. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me because it does. And then I can ask there already for a review. So maybe I get a review. Or, and so so. And that's basically the thing. Mine. So why can't we have data? In my case, so the fiction people have data because normally they run ads to book number one in a series. And then I can see exactly who buys number two, three, four, five. They can calculate that. In my case, and that's I would consider it as an advantage. We don't have the numbers, but I run ads to all my books. You can. I made. I have ten separate books. But happiness, doesn't that? I made them a series on on Amazon, so it's the Change Your Habits, Change Your Life series. I run ads to every book. so you can. Readers come, can come in from everywhere. They don't have to read my first book. They can, can come in the seventh book and say, oh, I like it. So let's see what else this guy has. So an uh, uh, estimate is like really like, I think every reader in average buys at least three books from me. So I really value my reader in tw- $10, $20, but I, I can't back it up with data. That's just an estimate and a, a gut feeling from what I see, because it's So because when I had two or three books, I didn't sell as much and now I sell a lot. And funnily, I have a program, it's called KDP Champ, because I always thought that 60-65% of my book sales come from ads and 35% are organic. But this program, shuffling the numbers, actually says it's the other way around. Only 35% of my books come from ads, for my sales. And 65 are organic, which that would be amazing. I can't really believe it because when I didn't do ads, I didn't sell. And now suddenly I sell a lot. Uh, But maybe with time, you know, this.
0: I think think that when, when you run ads and people click on that ad and they end up buying the book, that trains the algorithm also... For the organic part of it, so that's one of the reasons why we should run ads. It's, it's to make sure that the organ, that the algorithm learns what kind of visitor in this store should you show this book to?
1: Absolutely. No, no, And for me, it was really a before and after, so I recommend it to everybody. did I un- did I answer the question? I think I yeah, did, right? Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> so I
0: want to talk to you a little bit about your writing process. How do you pick uh, the next?
1: Uh, topic of your next book usually the, it's an idea that comes to me when i'm finishing my book <laughs> uh, but every time i finish my book i think okay now i don't have any ideas anymore everything is said, and then there comes an idea that well, you could work, you could write about this thing and i think about it yeah well maybe i could so like this so uh it was a, so when i started i started about writing about habits when you write about habits you automatically touch the subject of productivity because everybody wants to be more productive and habits are part of it. So it's interconnected. And then when I wrote about productivity and I read other books, I came to this book, The Happiness Advantage from Sean Aker. And he writes that happy people with the same uh, tools are more productive because a happy brain is a more productive brain. So then I got all into positive psychology and everything. And I wrote an, my next book about happiness, destination happiness. And then I was lucky. Um, meanwhile, 30 days went to Japan, was translated to Japan. And my translator is a genius. And he said to me, so now, Mark, uh, I want you to write a book about self-esteem. And I always wanted to book a se- write about a book about self-esteem. And i always pushed it. But then I had a, a goal. He said, OK, let's write it. Let's write a book about self-esteem. And when I had the book about self-esteem finished, he said, so now everybody thinks the the japanese are very polite and everything but then really we are not i want you to write a book about people relationships in the style of this dale carnegie how to make friends and and win people or something like this how to win friends blah 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 so okay then i wrote that and then so Then I was finished with that. And then I was doing lots of interviews and I always talked about gratitude because for me, gratitude is amazing. So that's actually also one of my big success factor, which on the one hand, you might think it has nothing to do with book writing. But on the other hand, it has everything to do because gratitude is just a multiplier of good things in your life. So then I wrote a book, The Life-Changing Power of Gratitude, and it has only 70 pages. And people told me, Mark, don't do it people so, will what I, so what I'm hearing, Mark,
0: is very much on uh, uh, what it's the process that you were just through that kind of sparks that idea for the next one, and not necessarily a mark a market analysis. Or,
1: and no, so at part your more passion it, driven. But in my case, in my I think it's a good way. You can do it. I mean, sometimes I ask ChatGTP what's what's hot right now. So. But yet, so for the next book or, the, or in two years or a book, but usually it comes from the inside. So now I already know. So right now I'm writing a money book. Like, what did I do? Because, I mean, 10 years ago I was jobless and now I live here next to a lake and lakefront and living have for the first time in my life, no money worries anymore. So I said, okay, now I'm I want to write everything. So that's also what I do in my books. I deal with things. Experiment them and then I share them. And then I say, okay, now I can tell you how I dealt with this, so maybe it helps you too. And then, I, then, and as you said, so in the writing process, I thought about all my failures in relationships. So I said, okay, maybe one day I should even write a book about love relationships because there are so many misunderstandings and so many mistakes and wrong concepts and like that. But you can of course also do the market study. But in my case, it comes—it's a gut feeling.
0: I think you're touching a point really on something uh, that I notice even when people write about completely other subjects, maybe more. I have quite a few clients who write business books, uh, more, more related to the core business disciplines. But they go through kind of the same process that they gain a lot of clarity on their own business, on their own life, on their own way of communicating. There's so much learning in writing a book that has nothing to do with the book.
1: <laughs> no, no. And for me, it's really, I think, for example, the self-esteem book for me was huge because I had huge trouble of self-esteem when I was a teenager or even into my 20s and maybe even late 20s, you know. And then when I'm, when you write about it, when you research about it, and then you deal with it, you know, because you read something, oh, that sounds like me, da, da, da. And then you write about it and you you heal also stuff. And I think that's also why that book has so such a lot of success because it comes from the heart. You know, it comes from the heart. I've, that's, I think, what in my case is also maybe a little yeah, secret of success because I have lived it. And when you have lived something, it's more authentic and you can probably, mm, yeah, you can connect better with the reader. And so I have really always written about something that I've experimented. I've never written about something that I say, okay, now let's take the hot subject. I don't know anything about it, but now I will read 20 books about it and then I can write this, not. But every time when I wrote something, it was something that I had experimented because I'm 50 years old. When you are 50, you have experimented a lot. <laughs> so we made most of the mistakes in every subject. And you... you let's hope so. Let's hand. hope so we made most already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, so that's how it works for me.
0: Okay. So um, thank you for sharing that. When uh, I, the last thing I want to touch upon is the translation. You just mentioned that you're now translating into French, uh, but from the list that I was part of my introduction of you, uh, I noticed a lot of Asian languages. How do you yeah, think I... this language comes next?
1: <laughs> no, that um, that's the amazing thing. So I tell you everything. So. Translations are for me two kind of things. One is the part I control on Amazon, which would be which I will never give away. Which is like, but German maybe I give away because I'm not selling in my own country. I'm not selling book, so if somebody wants the German books, they can have it. But like English, Spanish is my most important market, and I have the luck that I can translate to Spanish myself because I speak it pretty well. And then I take a native speaker to go through all the mistakes, and then a bit pretty good product comes out. So that's why I start so Italian, French, I also keep because it's something we can manage, you know, Like we can find our translators and then translate the books one after another. Another advantage of us, nonfiction people, because normally our books, what do they have? My most books of mine have twenty five thousand words or forty thousand. It's a lot cheaper to translate than a hundred thousand word novel. And then the great thing is, so, and my only, because I get asked asked a how do these people come? And I really, the only thing that I can see is when you are long enough in the Amazon bestseller list of your genre, then they will find you. I think since yeah now already six years or so, really so these, international
0: are these publishers who find
1: you to these are publishers your, yep. they, yeah uh, so, so they buy your rights to the book in those exactly markets so so all these languages in asia those were all publishers that contacted me because they found my book probably on the amazon.com and said okay let's give it a shot and then i say okay i'll sell it because who cares you know because it's it's rights that i will not do anything with it and for me it feels like buying a lottery ticket yeah because really i can tell you most also, like ninety percent of my foreign contracts don't outearn the advance, so they I have re- they are failures, yeah, they don't sell, but ten percent may make up for all the other stuff. So in India, I'm selling a lot of books in Thailand and in Japan, I have over a hundred thousand books sold already. so that's fantastic. But in all the other, sometimes they even get headaches, but it's still something that I would. Uh, say okay do it if you can you know those ca- languages that you won't use yeah, for you there's your- no risk them. involved for you <laughs> no especially if it is like turkish worldwide or you know, thai language worldwide. the only mistake i made was to sell english rights to india which at the time six years ago seemed like a great idea And if the Indians would fulfill their contract, it would be an awesome idea because they're selling like hell. The problem is, so they have the rights only for India, India, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka. But now books are turning up on Amazon.com, Indian books that are half price of mine in paperback, and of course, and they're in the same language, English. Yeah. Yes, and then people buy the illegal Indian version instead of my version, and. And i told the publisher and i don't give they don't care they said, no we can't do it because we only sell them in, in india and then it's the resellers who sell it there so there i'm still i'm always thinking like do i take a lawyer do i tell amazon or do i just shut up and wait one more year or two more years until my contract is up and then just not prolong it but that's a little bit headache on the other hand again i have to say i started to give away my uh, hundred thousand ebooks for free. That I started my career that, like that with Bookpub, and that got a big ball. And then when we say okay, that every every reader is worth ten dollars, because of the Indian book I get. 50 cents of the Indian book. Is is
0: that just one book you made an agreement on or,
1: or multiple? No, unfortunately, four or five.
0: <laughs> yeah, but still, but still, they, if if the fact that you talked about before is there,
1: they will buy some of your other books. So. That's it. That's one thing. And then there's always a the thing. So now People Magnet, my book, How to Become a People, really took off. And then the question is, did it take off because it took off in India first? If it wouldn't take off in India, it wouldn't have taken off, and it might be connected to that. So then I have to focus myself and say, okay, maybe you know, maybe I shouldn't be ungrateful and just say, okay, exactly the effect. So I've of that book, I I sold like thirty or fifty thousand books in India, so just appreciate it, and those are fifty thousand Indian readers, and. The Indians have only five books and they will not get any more books anymore. So sooner or later, they will come over and buy my books. And I think that's a good thing also. I think, first of all, it's an exponential effect. So the longer you are in the game, the better it gets because you have more and more readers and then the readers talk. So this effect gets bigger and bigger. And yeah, so... Mark, Mark, would you mind sharing what does an
0: agreement with a foreign publisher look like? What kind of agreement is it that you make?
1: Ooh, that's a long. It's a contract, yeah, and it says like where. So, uh, yeah, what book is it about? So how long? Seven. They always want to put five, seven years. I would. I prefer five years. And I know authors that can that are so powerful they can even get it to two or three years down. Then usually when it's a language worldwide right? but as I said, it's not a problem if it's Japanese or Chinese. I personally would not write away my English language rights to any other country anymore because of these things that can happen, and it's just a headache. And that's it. And then, so, yeah, but well, let's say it on the other hand, when you have a contract like that, so I also had two foreign agents that was good. They weren't so good for me, but at least I got some good contracts from where I saw how good how an agent makes a contract, and those are. Usually, the good contracts because many times when you get a contract from a publisher, it's like the worst possible contract, you know, like 20 years worldwide, English rights and this and that, and 5%, you know, like the worst of the worst. And then you have to negotiate, no, you won't get the English rights. It's worth only five years, never 20 years. Then the royalty, maybe seven, eight percent at least. And then I usually, because They even went down before it was 10% royalties. Now it's like they always start with six or seven. I'm like, no way, you know? And then I say, okay, let's make seven until you sold 10,000. And then from 10,000 to 30,000, 8% and all above that 9%. And usually you can negotiate a little bit more like that. And then those are the traps. Yeah, mostly about where and the length and... You have to be like a really like an eagle when you get your first uh, contract. So I have a couple of uh, sample contracts. If you ever need one, let me know.
0: I'd I'd love to.
1: Uh, I I collect them so that, that I, can I can tell you. Learn I can from tell them. You. So I have contracts. I have contracts that are 15 pages long, but I like mostly the contracts that are only one pages long. in my book, my Japanese contract. Which brought me sixty, seventy thousand dollars 70000 so far, sold 100,000 books. Uh, that's only one page. Yeah, simple.
0: Keep it simple. That's your next topic.
1: That's your next topic, Mark. Keep it yeah. simple. <laughs> Absolutely. The, <laughs> thing, the thing is that uh, I use that contract. So now, if some, so the good thing is when you have a, a couple of good contracts then you can also use them. So if somebody now contacts me, sometimes now they even say, ask me to draw up the contract and I to take my Japanese contract and modify it because it's like the best contract, super legal. And, and that's it, you know, and simple. Keep it simple, yeah? yeah. You said it's a, <laughs> it's a chapter in various books. I don't know if I can r- write a whole book about it, but it yeah, keep it simple. <laughs> I wrote my Minimalism. The Happy Minimalist is my last book that's also a lot about its subject. And I am a minimalist. So I can, when I, I moved here two months ago, when I moved with two suitcases, yeah. I was once down to one and a half suitcases. And I hope I get down to one suitcase. But this time, okay, it was two. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. A you know
0: what I do? I do that too. I, I kind of, uh, I found myself in at a point in my life where Materialism just had taken up too much space, so I've been downsizing, 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 minimizing my cost, and I've never in my life felt so free. Yeah, it makes me <laughs> so feel I can move in an
1: afternoon. <laughs> that's it, and I, you know, especially in these volatile, volatile times we live in, for me that's a huge security thing. I mean, that's that. You know, I moved away from Malta exactly in that in one day. Because they I lived in Malta and they made a a law that I didn't like. I said I'm out of here. I rather go out than in in one day. So the law they said I think
0: it's a kind of a either it uh, it's what sets you free for becoming a world traveler or it's the other way around that you're a world traveler and it just becomes a burden to keep
1: moving stuff. The problem (laughs) is that you know exactly that you I don't know if it's a blessing or if it's a curse. Because you don't, I don't commit anymore. I, I, I committed now to Hungary. But in the moment, it, things get bad here. I'm out of here. Exactly like you said, in one day. And that's for my mom. It's difficult. My mom always said, if I knew you stay in a country for five years, I would go there because she doesn't want to live in Germany anymore. And I said, I'm sorry. I can't commit to that because I don't know if something stupid happens. I'm out. But I told her, well, you can still come. And then you just leave the country when I leave. Because I always go... I always have a plan B or C. I already know the next best country where I will go yeah. if things get tough here. <laughs>
0: well, well, I'm a little bit different because I have my base in Denmark and I have yeah. grown-up children and grandchildren there. So I'm I'm going to have my base in Denmark for sure. But okay. I, I do try. But I do travel so much that people are um, uh, that people ask me always as the first question, "Where are you today?" So by the way, today I'm in Bali. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. Denmark <laughs> is a great country to live in. I think it's always on the top of the happiest list. I think things are done well. So who knows? Maybe that comes on my list. Yeah, <laughs> but, but usually now I always I always go for low tax countries. But then again, you know, I I saved so many taxes, so I think I can also. Uh, Live in normal tax countries, and the the thing is also in Denmark. You know what you get. I think that's also in the Scandinavian countries. That's why all the happiness, and it's really and you like paying taxes because you can see it. You know, you can see it everywhere. But
0: but also for me, there's really usually I say there are only two things that has true value in my life, and it is that I have a good relationship with the people I love, and the people I care about, and that I feel competent that whatever comes. Uh, I will deal with it. Uh, Absolutely. Everything else doesn't matter. So, (laughs) so, And and these are my people. So that's why.
1: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Mike, my last question to you. What is next for your
1: business? What is next? That's a good question. So I recently started because all my great sales come from Amazon ads. And when I talk to my fiction author friends who are making so even more much money and they all make it with Facebook ads. So I said, OK, let's start with Facebook ads. And now I finally started with Facebook ads small again, you know, three, four dollars a day and probably I have to wait another 17 months, but I will do it. I will stick to it. Uh, that's one thing. And then there's the direct selling. So I also I'm starting I'm building my own Shopify store because I think mid Um, like, yeah, and how do you say mid term? Not long-term, not short-term, but mid-term. This is the future. People are learning to buy online. They are trusting more online. And then why not buy direct from your favorite author and leave him with 95% of the sales instead of 50, right?
0: I'm glad you mentioned that actually, because it's something I've been thinking about. I've been noticing that this has become way more common Uh, And and even some of uh, there are more tools also to support
1: that specifically for authors. I mean, I'm euphoric, really, because uh, the things you can do are amazing. So if anybody thinks about a Shopify store, I will recommend the course of Morgana Best. She has a course. It's amazing. I don't get any affiliate commission yet, but I just think it's such a because I started building, you know, boom, 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 with online tutorials and it was just I t- it took me like five hours to do something, and then I said, "Okay, you know, business. I have a business. I'm a businessman. I have a business cost. I will buy Morgana's course. It's 800 bucks, or so I can even expense it. So business base. And I'm so glad and grateful because things that I took two hours, she explains in ten, so that you can do it in ten minutes. So sa- you're saving a lot of time, and it's so incredibly cost. Suddenly, you are Amazon." Is you this, have all is the data. You have this all this, the data. This is specifically for authors? Or? Yeah, it's specifically for authors. Okay. So you have all the data. I'm not as far yet in building my store, but I, I I've imagined it when it's done. So you have all the data. You have every email address and you can you have like this typical, what you see every day in e-commerce, you can have like, if somebody stays in the cart and doesn't buy, then automatically a mail goes to him, you know, hey, blah, blah, blah. You can give discounts, like buy the first time in my store and get twenty percent. so it's 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 a whole new world, and you can do so much, and you can track customer behavior, things that we can't do right now, right? Now now we're selling in the retailers, and we hope that every tenth or every fiftieth person signs up for our email list so that we can build a relationship there. So I'm really hyped about it yeah yeah there's one,
0: there's one more dimension to it for me uh, last year i published a book about publishing and web free and how that's going to change publishing and uh, the very day that this book came out it it did not become a bestseller for because what happened was that i was in the emergency room because i fell in a hole in spain and dislocated my shoulder the book came out while i was there and the next day I was hacked on my Facebook ads account and it was shut down, both Facebook and Instagram. And I actually couldn't get it back. It took six months uh, before I could even create a new one. I was just, I was banned as a person there. (laughs) Uh, So I had to, I I tried different email, new phone number, even going to the US to, to do it from another continent. I still couldn't create a new account. It made me realize how important this ownership is that we talk about it all the time about the books themselves to be a self-published author because especially for non-fiction entrepreneurs uh, that they need to own this most important asset. uh, But also we are super dependent on the platform. And I know people who got shut down on Amazon, for example.
1: Yeah, Uh, me too. I got shut down for a couple of days. It was horrible. And that's what happened last year in August. And that's when I changed my whole business model. Yeah. But before then I was get I was spending like ten fifteen thousand dollars a month on Amazon Amazon ads. Yeah. Which had like the the consequence that I was always every month I was putting 10 dollars and Amazon continuously was owing me like fifty to sixty thousand euros because mm-hmm. you get paid into months and then they say, but then the bad thing is when they close your account, they say okay, you don't get the We have the right not to pay you all the royalties, and it was just too much for me. So, when when I got my account back, I made a business decision. I only spent four or five thousand now, and I I only make ten, fifteen thousand euros, fourteen thousand, fifteen euros a month now. But I can sleep better, yeah, because Amazon is not owing me sixty thousand, they only may owe me maybe twenty or thirty thousand, and that's something I can live in with, and now. I hope it doesn't happen again. And then also I said, okay, I will go wide. So at that moment I took all my books wide. Mm-hmm. I'm with digital and published Drive now. And then the next was like, okay, you know, now build your own Shopify store. And also with a, a long-term view, I think that's also, now we can circle back to the beginning. What What is the um, secret to success? Long-term view. Yes. It is not a, I don't, I don't care anymore. If I'm an Amazon bestseller, I'm am not. I want to be a long seller. For me, the important thing is to sell every day net three, four hundred dollars or euros, let's say euros, wherever that comes from. I don't care from which country it comes from, which book it comes from, but that's the number that makes me happy every day.
0: Yeah, and, and, di- and I kind of diversified a portfolio, if you can say that, of income streams. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Make, make you and, then,
1: and, then, and so my... So all of that, what I told you, this is what comes next. And then my biggest goal is I want to double my net income in the next six months. That would be really nice, and I, I, I think it's possible. Okay,
0: you think? I think that's our cue to end this episode and to have you back in six months. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I hope. I'm, usually, I also know I always take a little bit longer, but I really, yeah, because. How how do you say? It? yeah, you so 15,000 is nice, but thirty thousand is even nice. and then when I see my our no, our no, fiction colleagues in the twenty books page sometimes when they when they're bringing in fifty thousand a month or a hundred thousand a month, okay, that's gross, so let's say maybe they have half of it. but do you know how would twenty five thousand euros a month change your life? I mean, my life it would change completely because double the money. Can save even more. You can pay for all your friends and family. You can, you know, you can retire people if you want. You know, so yeah, and then there's a sport in it. It's just just, just fun to reach those yeah, goals. Yeah,
0: yeah <laughs> all right. Really. Mark, we are running out of time here. Thank you so much for being so open and sharing so much valuable information. I'm sure this is going to be a favorite
1: episode to come back to. For I Med. hope so. I hope so. And uh, <laughs> we can do that. In half a year we talk again, yes. and then we will. <laughs> I will say, well, it didn't work. It will, my my I would go to, Or I will say, well, Malin, I did it. You know, it's like bam. Now, nah. or I will have. So, but the good thing is, I found my motivation again. I'm working good. I would say, like hell, but with fun, you know, and also with the, what we talked before, with rests. So I start in the at five in the morning or six in the morning, and then at at one I'm done, you know, or at two I'm done because
0: and you can go enjoy is the
1: sun. Tired. And then... <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, and then. Mm, So yeah, um, you know, because for me, what's now is nice here in my new environment, because I, what we didn't talk about, or maybe only shortly when success comes, that's the most dangerous when success comes. So for me, always, it was like I become self-complacent and lazy. And I was in this, I wasn't resting on my laurels for too long. And I was also in denial again, because I was making 25,000 gross, which sounds amazing. But net, it was only five, you know, because I was just throwing. So now that's why I, I said I want to double my net income because that's the real important thing, yeah. the net. Yeah. What is there after you all your spendings in your company? And that's actually better now with my low numbers than when I was making 28. I One month I made $28,000 and I had 8,000 euros net.
0: Yeah. So sometimes you, we can we can move faster towards the real goal by turning down the (laughs) speeder.
1: Yes, exactly. And that's what I did. And it's good. Yeah.
0: All right. Mark, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Same here. Pleasure.